Welcome to Friends in Prison. I'm Claire Aronson, and I have 29 friends in prison. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the judgment that comes along with being in prison and whether or not you can start a friendship with someone in prison and not have that kind of judgment. I was thinking when you meet somebody in the community, in your neighborhood, your workplace, in a shopping mall, and you strike up a conversation, you just accept them as they are. You don't ask them for their most embarrassing moment. You don't ask them for their shameful secret. And they certainly don't ask it of you. So why is it that when you find a prison pen pal, people want to know, what do he do? What's the most shameful thing that he wishes everyone would forget? Okay, so I may be naive, but I have friends who are not, and they would probably say to me, Claire, when you meet someone out in the community, barring any evidence to the contrary, you believe them to be good, upright, law-abiding citizens. When you meet someone who is currently serving time in prison, well, that's your evidence to the contrary, that they are good, upright, law-abiding citizens. Come on, you got to ask them, what did they do? If you are going to have some sort of a relationship, friendship, certainly anything that's going to move beyond that, not in my case, just for the record, I write to pen pals in prison strictly for um, platonic reasons. So, all right, maybe we do need to know why people are in prison. A little while ago, I was watching a show. I don't remember if it was on Netflix or HBO. It's um, I Am a Killer. And this particular man got interviewed and he was being released. He had been on death row for a crime he committed in his very early 20s, I think. And his conviction, um, or at least the sentencing, was overturned. And then he got up for probation, or, and uh, he was subsequently released into the care of his pen pal. She had, um, several years earlier, five, ten, something like that, a, a good number of years earlier, had been going to the prison to visit a friend of hers, and he introduced her to this other man. She... At the time of the documentary I was watching, let's call it a documentary and not a reality show because I, I think that makes me look better. Okay, so uh, in this documentary, I believe she was in her 70s and he was in his 50s, maybe even 60s. But she was a bit older than him and they had taken on this mother-son relationship and she had been his pen pal for a while. Well, she went before the parole board and said that she would give him a place to live so he he she did have a spare room and he could stay there with her and she invited him into her home and she said no I never asked him about his crime I think if he wants to talk about it he'll bring it up oh now I think that is a step too far a step too far by nine I think before you ask someone to come into their into your house I think that you should probably at least ask them for it's their side of the story. Find out why this man was on death row. I mean, do you trust the parole board that much? Oh, I'm sure that if he was in prison for killing 
you know, women on their 75th birthday, my 75th birthday is next week. The parole board's not going to let him out, right? But the parole board could be looking at you going, you've known this man for years. You trust him to such a degree that you're going to open your home to him and sleep just one wall away from him. So maybe they're taking your word for it. I do think that in that case, you would have to protect yourself. But what am I protecting myself from by not asking what their crime is? Nothing. So in an ideal world, I wouldn't ask someone what their crime was. I would I would follow the Bible, judge not least ye yourself be judged. And I would store all my treasures up in heaven and it would be a, a lovely podcast. We could stop right here. Okay, so maybe I get a little bit judgmental sometimes. Uh, many of you know my very favorite website for finding a prison pen pal is writeaprisoner.com, not a sponsor. And I... I will tell you, I have never done online dating, but I imagine that writeaprisoner.com is pretty similar. You scroll through photographs and you find uh, one you like. Maybe you can read the first line or two of their bio. And when you click on it, you don't, you don't swipe right, but you click. And it'll tell you the full bio, which is a paragraph or two that um, the prisoner has written themselves every once in a while, maybe like 1% of the time. It's a family member or a friend putting them on the site. But um, then there's a little profile, I'm trying to think what a better word for it would be, um, that says their age, religion, are they seeking a prayer partner? Are they seeking to further their education? Are they seeking legal assistance? And at the very bottom, there's a link you can click on that will give you the title of the crime that they have been convicted of. So... I do appreciate Write a Prisoner asking you to go that extra step. It's not glaring. It's not the first thing in the profile. It's not stamped across their forehead. You have to click an extra link. And at that point, wait a second for it to load. And then it's going to tell you very briefly, as succinctly as possible, why they are in prison. So I have a friend who is in prison for attempting to defraud the United States government. And I don't know what that means. Is it welfare fraud? Counterfeit money? Maybe they were trying to sell something to the Space Force? I don't know. I have no idea. And and I've never asked, and my pen pal has never given up the information. I have another pen pal who is in prison for possessing a firearm while on probation. I know what that means, but I don't know what the original crime was. I don't know what the circumstances of this gun possession charge are like, is he saying that it was his roommates and he didn't know it was there? He should have, but he didn't. Or did they ask him to plead to something less serious so that they could settle the charges against him and they settled on possessing a firearm while on probation? I don't know. I don't know. There are people you can Google, you can find your You can do your own research and find out more about what the details of their crime were. Is that going to help you to be more judgmental, less judgmental? Is that going to help you to maintain your relationship with them? I don't know, but let's just say I do it sometimes. Okay, I have a little story to tell you.
I have a great number of pen pals, as you know, um, 29 pen pals. But there have been some people that I wrote to um, and I didn't hear back from them or maybe we just exchanged one letter. So I don't consider them pen pals. It's just somebody I said hello to once. So I wrote to this woman and she wrote back and she said she wanted me to visit her website, um, which I believe started out with free and then it was her name. And I wrote back to her and kind of tried to address all of the things that she had said in her profile. You know, she liked to read, she liked to cook or, or whatever else it said. And and I said, I, I will, I'll, I'll check out your website, you know, kind of maybe somewhere in the end. And I never heard back from her. I did go and check out her website and it was just so poorly put together. Her declaration of her innocence just wasn't well done. And I imagine that she hand wrote something while she was in prison and asked someone to put up a website for her. So she's got this website and I, maybe she just didn't care for me as a pen pal, but my theory is that she's on the pen pal site to look for people who will champion her cause and help her get out of prison. She is looking for someone, a lawyer to work pro bono and um, and she's not actually looking for a roommate or a pen pal. Now, for me, I would think, don't you want both? Wouldn't wouldn't you like some cheesy jokes now and then to take your mind off things? And you can continue to look for a lawyer, but maybe she's you know just busy with that part. That's again, she may have not written back to me because I was just kind of boring. But um, I hope not. I hope not for your sake. So I looked at her website. Uh, it said basically she couldn't have committed the crime. It was so obvious. It was that guy. Here's all the evidence against that guy. He's got a history of violence. He had a personal relationship with the victim. It was just clear. It's that guy. But if it's not that guy, it could have been my ex-husband, who was my husband at the time, who also had a history of violence and had opportunity to commit the murder because, you know, he was there with me at my house. Now, I think logically speaking, if it is so obvious that it's that guy, so obvious that they should just let you out of prison right now, so obvious that I should take up your case and I should work for free or donate money to help you get out and, and wear a t-shirt with your picture on it. If it's so obvious that you are innocent simply by pointing out that guy how can then you admit it could have been your ex-husband? If it were me, I would have said, I don't know who the killer is, but here are these two guys who are better suspects, more likely suspects, with opportunity, with motive, personal relationship, history of violence. Couldn't have possibly have been me. It's just, it seems a little bit unfair that this woman is accused of a crime and I expect her to be well-spoken and well-researched and, and how is she supposed to research the case after she's been arrested or when she's in jail? On the other side of the coin is the prosecutor who probably had a very um, young natural knack for things like debate and 
public speaking, and investigation, not to mention years of schooling. So when I Googled this particular pen pal, I found some um, arguments from the prosecution and they were very well laid out, intelligent, logical, convincing arguments. So maybe I should have believed her at her word. There are some pen pals, those who admit to their crime and say that they've changed, and I believe them. I believe 100%, even if it was murder. I believe that that they've changed and they would be law-abiding, contributing members of society if they were released. But it's easy for me to be non-judgmental. It's easy for me to believe because there's there's nothing riding on it. There's no consequences. I'm not the jury. I'm not the judge. I'm not the parole board or the prison guards or the victim's family. I'm I'm nobody. <laughs> you know, they can if they're lying to me and trying to manipulate me, it is for very little good because I'm I'm not sending any money. And like I said, I'm in no position of authority when it comes to how they're treated or whether or not they're released. So why not wish them well? Why not, you know, as their pen pal, as their friend, just 100%. I believe you. I, um, I have pen pals whose offenses range from simple drug possession all the way to capital murder. So Maybe it's easier just to take somebody on their at their word when it's one of those lesser offenses. Um, <clears throat> I will tell you that many of my pen pals write and say, I'm an open book. You can ask me about my crime. I'll tell you all the details. You know, it's all out there anyway. And and some of them don't mention it. And frankly, I I don't generally ask them about it, you know? I have a don't ask, don't tell kind of policy when it comes to that kind of stuff. I think I might be a little bit um, overprotective or, or paranoid, but it is my rule of thumb. It is my best advice. If there is some criminal activity, it is probably best not to talk about it. Uh, not to talk about it when your letters are being screened by someone who works for the prison system. Um, particularly, I you know I I know that they're they're screening it for escape attempts and and to find things that might pertain to um, sneaking in contraband. But I imagine if there was something of evidentiary value in a letter. Um, that it could be used against you. You knew those letters were going to be screened by the U.S. government. Even if you're already convicted of the crime, I just don't think it's a good idea to talk about it. I think you might accidentally self-incriminate yourself on some other matter or, you know, something about the way that you talk about the crime in the letters might look bad to the parole board. I, I don't know what it is that I'm scared of if you've already been convicted. Maybe that you're going to try at some point to overturn your conviction. Um, let's say, for instance, that you were convicted of a crime that would normally bring about a sentence of one year. 
And for some reason, the judge decided to throw the book at you and sentence you to 10 years. Well, if at year three or four, you find out, hey, there's a way that you can get the whole conviction thrown out. Yeah, you you were guilty. But it's your right to go in front of the court and say, uh, I need a sentence reduction or I need to have my sentence thrown out. And if you have handed over some evidence before this, the judge might say, you know what? Looking at these letters that you write to Claire, no, no, we're not going to reduce your sentence. And, and, and who knows what it is that's in those letters that the judge doesn't like. That's why I just say, if you don't have to talk about the crime, don't talk about the crime. That's my best advice. Now, I, I also think it's terribly interesting. And sure, if you want to talk about your crime, I'm definitely going to read the letter. I'm not going to throw it away without reading that letter. Um, but that's, yeah, that's my best advice on that topic. The only other thing that I want to say is that I think a pen pal might be looking for a relationship that has some unconditional love. You know, is it possible to turn to a life of crime because they didn't have that unconditional love? Is it possible that, be honest with yourself, when you are looking for a new friend or relationship that you're hoping to find unconditional love? I remember when I was young, very, very young, like maybe last week, I remember when I was young, I would tell lies. So from my point of view, even when you're lying, it feels good when someone believes you. It, it's meaningful to that relationship. And, and I don't think that has to do with like feeling good, like, haha, I pulled one over on them and I manipulated them and I got what I wanted. But it feels good, like, even against all evidence, my friend believed me. So that's how I feel about being judgmental and writing to somebody in prison. I think it's okay to have standards like that. I will say that if you are going to read what that crime is that they're convicted of, if you're going to click that extra link or do your own research, if if you you know are not alarmed by what you see, oh, okay, it's simple possession. You don't have to do any further research. But if it says something like murder and you are put off by that, maybe it's okay to take that extra step because there are some details, there are nuances. I have a friend, for instance, who was involved in a DUI and was running from the police when she got into a car accident and, yes, uh, was convicted of murder after that. So I think that that's different than someone who is premeditated and calculating and purposefully murders someone for insurance money or for the thrill of it or for whatever purpose that they had. Um, I think that there is a big difference. Do I think that my friend who has the, the DUI and the murder conviction, do I believe she should have gone to prison? Yes, I do. Do I believe that it was murder? I do. But I do think that people who are uneasy with writing to someone who's convicted of murder might see some difference there and they might be comfortable 
writing to my friend, for example. So all of that sounds well and good. I will say that I am not interested in writing to someone who is convicted of a sexual crime against a child. It it creeps me out. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. And I'm sorry, I don't know how to be non-judgmental about that. I don't know how to, especially since I have small children and I like talking about my children in my letters, I, I just can't get past that. And, you know, if you want to if you want to tell me, hey, there's nuance there too. Uh, maybe it was somebody who was just within the Romeo Juliet standard and uh, it was their girlfriend or maybe it was somebody who didn't tell them that they were as young as they are. I don't know. I'm not interested. It's, it's I, I think it is better for me at this point for me to give those people their space rather than trying to write letters and ending up um, being kind of bitter and, and hateful in those letters, you know, or going, nope, I was right. I can't, I can't write to this person without wanting to, you know, write something nasty. So I'm going to stop writing and just kind of abruptly fall off and not write to them anymore. So that's where, that's where my head is at right now. So I do want to say that uh, today's episode is our lucky number seven episode. This is the first podcast that I've ever done. So I really appreciate you sticking in there and uh, making sure that I can figure out what I'm doing. I would love your feedback and I would love if you would spread the word about friends in prison. You know, it's a great opportunity to get to know my friends in prison, but also to learn about the whole pen pal process and... I think whether you're listening for entertainment or you're listening so that you can start finding your own friends in prison, I, I think that either are great. And uh, and like I said, you should tell everybody that you know about this podcast. Uh, leave a review, subscribe, and as always, find your very own friend in prison.